Hello and welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. Today we'll be speaking with Richard H. from Calgary. Richard shares his story, talks about his group, We Agnostics, and we'll have an interesting discussion about singleness of purpose and how social media has impacted the recovery community. Hey, Richard, how you doing? Good, John. How are you? Excellent. And thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast today to talk about your story and anything else that might come up. Perfect. I'm glad to do it. It was, uh, it was fabulous to meet you and, you know, various other people in Austin. Yeah, that was and, a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun to have people kind of go from, you know, virtual to real in 3D. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did you <laughs> stay very long after the conference? Uh, Megan and I stayed uh, until Tuesday evening. Okay. Um, Monday the Monday the 14th was my actual belly button birthday, oh. even though I hate that term. It was right. my real birthday. Uh-huh. Um, so we, uh, we stayed an extra couple of days. Um, she also had some friends who were, who had moved down there. So we went for dinner with them. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately we had to go our separate ways back to our separate lives on other sides of the continent. Yeah. Where does she live? Uh, she lives just outside Washington, DC. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's quite a long distance <laughs> yeah. relationship, huh? It is. It's challenging, but uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, I really enjoy spending time with her and talking with her. And, sure. You know, the the there is an emotional investment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, why don't we get into it? Um, it's always a, a good sure. way to get to know somebody in AA is to hear their story. So why don't we start? Why don't we just kind of start with that? We want to go into it a little bit, and then we'll just take it from there. I- Absolutely. I'll just kind of, I'll start right, I guess, from be, being a, a child real quick okay. and then uh, go into a little bit of my, my, my drinking and story and getting into recovery and see what happens. Okay. Well, uh, I'll start with, uh, I just celebrated my 42nd birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in a small town um, called Cookfield in the county of Sussex, which is roughly halfway between London and the south coast of England. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my mom is a registered nurse. My dad was a chartered accountant, so they're both retired now. Um, they moved to Canada in March of 1977, along with a two-and-a-quarter-year-old and a six-week-old baby, um, who is my little sister, Ruth. Um, we moved to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, which at the time was a city of about 500,000 people and is now a city of 1.2 million. Oh, wow. It's a oil and gas uh, energy city, much like Houston, Mm -hmm. except north and a little smaller uh, because Houston's five or six million, I think. Yeah. Um, I had a disgustingly normal childhood. Um, You know, the type that Norman Rockwell would be proud to paint. Neither of my parents drink heavily their their idea of you know being wild and crazy is is you know having two beers on saturday after (laughs) mowing the lawn and doing yard work and then finishing a bottle of wine on at at dinner (laughs) okay and and that's my that's my my parents idea of uh, of a wild and crazy weekend gotcha um so while while i get that a lot of people have you know a lot of alcoholism throughout my family um i don't there is a um, little bit of depression um, that kind of permeates through my mom's side of the family and 
a little bit on my dad's, but I'm not as sure about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, life ticked along pretty good. Um, I remember having, you know, being 12 or 13 and, and being given a little sherry glass of, of red wine with Sunday night, you know, roast beef dinner, um, very much kind of in that European way. Mm-hmm. And nothing really happened with my drinking then. Um, first time I got drunk was in high school. Um, went out to a house party, got drunk, uh, drinking Labatt's Blue. God knows why I remember that, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> the little things, right? Yeah. That was all good. Um, it was fun. Um, it wasn't all magical like some people describe. Then... Uh, life went on. I graduated high school. Um, I joined the Canadian Armed Forces as, mm-hmm. uh, in their ROTP program mm-hmm. and went off to Royal Roads Military College. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to be a pilot and live every little boy's dream and fly fighter planes and mm-hmm. be Tom Cruise in Top Gun um, and get an engineering degree with the military. Mm-hmm. And that was all fine and dandy until uh, my eyesight deteriorated. Oh. Um, and this was back in the day before laser surgery. This would have been mm-hmm. the, the early 90s where, you know, laser surgery was not a thing. You know, through most of my my university days, um, I drank like a normal university student, mm-hmm. which, which realistically probably means that I drank at least a little bit unhealthily, you know, whether you want to call it alcoholically, sure. but you know, you know, go out, get wasted on Friday night, binge drinking for sure. Cause that's what you do at, you know, mm-hmm. 20, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, but everybody else around me was doing it. Yeah. You know, maybe you go for wings on Wednesday and get, you know, have five or six pints and that's it. Yep. Then I, uh, left the military and moved back to, to, to Vancouver, where my parents had, had subsequently relocated, and from Vancouver, came back to Calgary um, about a year later, and that's where I've been now for the last 20, 20 years. I've lived mm-hmm. here by myself. Um, this is home. Yeah. Um, I'd be back about a year, uh, and I met a woman um, who I subsequently ended up marrying. Um, her dad didn't drink, whether he was in... I don't think he was in AA, but he definitely had had alcohol issues, issues mm-hmm. with his drinking and had, 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 had quit. Um, I didn't really know any, I didn't know the difference. I kind of was at this point aware that AA existed, but that was it. Um, and, and my, and I didn't drink when I was with her more than, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. Um, she didn't drink and whatever. My depression started really ramping up at the end of my marriage as it was falling apart. And, uh, when we separated, um, I did start drinking pretty good. Uh, first time I dried, uh, some of the drugs like ecstasy, um, as well. And then, uh, I met another woman shortly after that. And we dated for about a year, and we broke up and, and it seemed like combination of those two, you know, meaningful emotional relationships ending in fairly rapid succession really got my, 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 my alcohol and drugs use, uh, really, really ramped up. And in, in a matter of a short, short period of time, it was on. Yeah. 
And it, it, it starts what I kind of refer to as my quote unquote decade, um, which was from about uh, 2004 to the beginning of 2012, which I know is not actually 10 years, but mm-hmm. that, that, that was the time where my, my drinking and drug use was completely unhealthy. Um, I was drinking alcoholically um, for, for all of that very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, every Friday and Saturday night I was out doing ecstasy and all the rave drugs and, you know, and, and, and cocaine and all of it just to try to lose myself and to, 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 to dull the pain. And, um, Dr. Dr. Gabor Mate in his book, um, in the realm of hungry ghosts, mm-hmm says that addiction is born of, of uh, a wound to the psyche and, mm-hmm. and poor um, coping skills. Um, and the, the, those two relationships kind of tore open that wound, you know, from my childhood and yep. some self-esteem mm-hmm. issues that I've always kind of suffered from. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't deal. And I just, I was on. Mm-hmm you know, drinking morning, noon, night. Um, I'm a waiter at a restaurant. You know, I would work lunch and dinner and have a a two hour break in the afternoon and go and pound back two or three pints before I went back to work. Just all kinds of unhealthiness. Gradually over, over the, over time, over that kind of decade, um, specifically over the last three or four years of it, um, my drug use kind of tapered off because my drinking was kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I can't explain that. I, I just kind of, everybody's brain chemistry is slightly different and in whatever ways that, you know, Jack Daniels did it a little bit differently and better for my brain chemistry than the, than the ecstasy and the cocaine did. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, that's just the way it was. Then in February of 2012, um, I was uh, sitting at home on a a Friday evening where I didn't have to work at the restaurant um, with a 30 pack of beer and, you know, overflowing ashtray sometime in on, you know, and and went, you know, drank 30, 30 beers and a half a bottle of Jack Daniels a, a day. And then the following evening just had a mind I can't even explain mm-hmm. it it was just a, a complete moment of clarity you know I hadn't left my apartment in 24 hours and had you know I drank an incredible amount of beer and and, and Jack Daniels and I just I had this realization that normal people don't do this uh, um, and it would be mm-hmm. unhealthy and, and and I wasn't gonna stop and I also realized that I had to stop the the only thing I knew was that if you needed to stop drinking you went to AA. Right. That's how that's and, my experience too. <laughs> and, and the first step was to admit you had a problem, um, which, which is of course a bastardization of the first step, but you know, close enough. Yeah. Did you know that you then know, at that time? That was all, that was all I knew. The first step was to admit you had a problem. Yep. And if you went to AA, you had to, if you went, had to stop drinking, you went to AA. That was all I knew. Okay. That was the entirety of my knowledge. And you know, I, I'm really grateful that I didn't know anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Me too, actually. You know, <laughs> me away, huh? yeah. 
So, um, in my drunken state, I looked up, you know, AA Calgary on my mat, on my laptop and, uh, found out where, you know, a meeting was fairly close to where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked over the, the next afternoon, Sunday afternoon. That was my first meeting. And that, that was day zero. Um, I had, uh, that Sunday morning I woke up with the shakes and I had, uh, an airline bottle of Southern comfort. You know, you know, those yeah. little airline bottles when yeah. you used to buy a bottle and they'd, they'd, they'd stick it on the top. Yeah. You know, you buy your bottle of Jack Daniels and they had the little plastic thing with the little mall bottle on it. Mm-hmm. I had one of those airline bottles of Southern comfort in my kitchen counter, like at the back that I had pulled off and thrown back there. Cause fuck it. I want the Jack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that was, uh, I had that and I woke up with the shakes and, and I woke up and I, you know, rummaged around trying to find something to drink, um, found that, slugged that back and I haven't had a drink since. When was that, Richard? That, that day, the day, day zero was the 12th of February, 2012. Okay. So that was day zero. So your first uh, meeting, was it a traditional meeting? That was a traditional meeting. There was no... Uh, there was no secular AA okay, in Calgary. I was wondering about that. Yeah, no. I, oh, I, I, yeah. There was a group of us, Aaron, who you met at the convention, and you mm-hmm. might have met in in in, in California. Mm-hmm. Aaron and I, and uh, two other uh, two other gentlemen, Rob and Al, mm-hmm. uh, actually started the agnostic meeting in Calgary. So okay, so yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. So what was it like? Okay. Were you, before you went to AA, did you already identify as an atheist? No. You didn't? Um, I didn't. I, I had given up religion um, in my teens, late teens, mid-late teens, um, okay. for, for a simple reason. I, I couldn't believe that there was a God. At this point, I, I, I believed in a God in, in a, a deistic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that word. I didn't learn that word until I was, you know, in my thirties, late Mm thirties. But looking back, I would have been a deist. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I couldn't believe. So you believe there there was was something maybe, but it just didn't, it wasn't involved in our daily lives, but there was some sort of. Absolutely not. It, it, I I believe that it started everything, Mm -hmm. you know, it started the big bang. I, I was very clear that, you know, evolution and science, like the scientists are right. They're the smart ones and they've done all the tests <laughs> yeah. and, and the research. And, yeah. and, and that that's clearly the way it is. You know, he wasn't involved in our lives, but, you know, he had still started stuff. And, and, and it sure wasn't what was written in, in, in the books, whether it was uh, the Torah, or the Bible or the Quran or, or whatever the other holy mm-hmm. texts are. Um, because I couldn't believe that he would play dice with where you were born. Because I happened to be born in, you know, in, in Western Europe and North America, I got born with the right religion and I was going to be saved. Where somebody who was born in China and was, was preached, you know, Confucianism or, sure. or, 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 or whatever, was going to be burned in hell because he was born in the right. wrong part of the world. Right. Makes that, sense. that was the logic. That made no sense. And that was why I discarded religion. Mm-hmm. That that just didn't make any sense. So I could write them all off because you can apply the logic to all of them. Just write them all off. So what did you think about AA when you got to that first meeting? Uh, there was a bunch of people that didn't drink. <laughs> that was the entirety <laughs> that of was my the main thought. Thing. Okay. 
there were there were a bunch of people that didn't drink, and if you believed them, they hadn't like there was a couple there who hadn't drank for years, right? <laughs> and they were nice. They, they, you know, you know, they 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 talked to me and uh-huh. they offered me a cigarette and you know all those little things and 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 that it's huge it makes a big difference i mean that was my experience too i i was like you i did not know anything really about aa before i got there i mean i i didn't know i didn't even know they had 12 steps i honestly knew nothing about it i all i knew is from what i saw in the movies you know and so um when i got there and i was like you too i didn't really necessarily identify as an atheist but I didn't really have any religious beliefs either. I never, I didn't grow up in a religion. So I, I, I was just kind of, it was not really an important part of my life. I tried the religious thing, I guess, for a little bit, but it just wasn't in my nature. But yeah. I, so I saw the, I saw the God everything on all over the place and it kind of surprised me. But like you say, everybody, they were sober. I could tell that they had been through what I had been through and they had gone, they got through on the other side and they were, good to me at a time when you know everybody else was pretty much done with me yeah so i thought yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna stick with this so didn't that's how that's how i was so is that pretty much where how you would kind of felt about it at the time yeah the, the the other the other thing was when when they were talking and when they were talking about their experiences and and this wasn't necessarily at the first meeting but this was definitely over the first you know, couple weeks or months Mm -hmm. when people were talking, they were describing how I felt. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you, you hear this cliche, Oh, you hear your story being told by other Mm -hmm. people, but it's really true. It's true. I mean, I heard thing. It's a very powerful thing. And I, I heard people talk about, you know, you know, their feelings of self hatred and, and Mm -hmm. not being worthy and, you know, getting up in the morning and, and, you know, cracking a beer and having a beer in the shower and, and how drinking was more important than relationships and, and avoiding their parents' phone calls and, you know, or avoiding their parents because they were drunk and all these things that I did, you know, kind of like some of, some of them are pretty minor, but like in collective, you know, I, I heard a lot of things that I did and felt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at this point I was working as a, a waiter at a, at a, a fairly nice restaurant in downtown Calgary. Um, so evening meetings were challenging to get to because mm. my schedule would float around. Yeah. Uh, but there was a morning meeting that started at nine 30 in the morning, mm-hmm. ran until 10 30, um, called daily reflections. And it read from the daily reflections uh, which is a book that, um, having gone through it once or twice there, um, I'm not a big fan of. No, me either. Um, however, however, I remember, uh, there is one reading in that book, which, um, I really, really, really do like, Uh and that's the February 13th reading, which is the first day that I went to daily reflections and Uh is the day I celebrate, um, as my sobriety date. And it was, day one. Mm-hmm. And the reading on February the 13th is we can't think our way sober. 
to the intellectually self-sufficient man or woman, many AAs can say, yes, we were like you, far too smart for our own good. Secretly, we felt we could float above the rest of the folks on mm-hmm. our brain power alone. I'm done, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, I, I kind of effortly floated through school, you uh-huh. know, and, and whatever. Um, I kind of realized that I couldn't think my way sober. I mean, right. that, that, that made so much sense to me. And if I needed, if I needed any... Uh, further, you know, convincing that I was in the right right place mm-hmm. on on day one that sealed that sealed. I agree with that. You know, I can't. I, it's not an intellectual thing altogether. But a lot of the traditional AA people are going to say, "Okay, this means you need God." How did you How did you see that reading? If it's not your intellect, what what was it? Doing stuff. Yes, that's that's what I was going to say. It's a test, Richard. I'm testing you. <laughs> Yeah, doing stuff. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I was still on day one here. Uh-huh. Um, but but the, the funny thing was, is the, the gentleman who, is, who became and, and is still my sponsor uh, was at both meetings. I, uh, I didn't know that at the time. It was funny. I, I just the other day was straightening up my desk and I found the, uh, the, the, the welcome package mm-hmm. where everyone writes your name and phone number on it. And I, mm-hmm. I po- poked down through that. And that was, I found David L, uh, who is my sponsor today, mm-hmm. uh, his name and phone number on there. I, I never, I never knew that he was there mm-hmm. and he didn't become my sponsor for, for, you know, another month or so after this, but, okay. um, his name was on there and, uh, he was also at, at daily reflections and, uh, that was cool. But, but those first few days and weeks, I, I, I kind of. I felt like I was done drinking. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't know how I was going to get and stay done. Okay. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of feel that the one commonality that everybody who has, you know, successfully put together some time and, and I'm not only talking about people that go to AA, I'm talking about everybody, right? Whether they stopped on their own, whether they, you know, do smart recovery or life ring or mm-hmm. refuge or anything, the one common or, or nothing, right? The one commonality that, that we all have, I think is we all got done. Yeah. We all got finished. We had this moment where it was like, I'm, I'm done. Right. How do I do it? How do I go about doing that? But we all have that, you know, and I mean, even watching, I just finished watching Duff McKagan's uh, documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, And he talks about the same thing. I like the way, you know, Bill W. worded it. He called it um, ego deflation at depth. You know, that to me was it. It was like, you know, I knew that by myself, absolutely, I was done. There was no way I was going to uh, figure this out on my own. I needed help. I, I, I yeah, no, I, I, I needed help doing it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to stay stopped, you know, because, you know, I, even when I was, you know, I was going to have a dry month, you know, it would last two days, right? So I, I, I didn't really know how to to, to stay stopped for, for an appreciable amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me was the, the, the big thing that I needed help with. Um, but you know, people said, go to meetings every day. And that kind of made sense. It was yeah. doing stuff. Right. I didn't quite, I didn't quite clue in onto, 
I was still a little too foggy to clue into all these steps. I was kind of knew that there was 12 steps and they were mm-hmm. on the wall and they read them every morning. <laughs> um, and there was some weird stuff in there, right? but, but I was still way too foggy to, 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 <laughs> right. to worry about it. And, you know, Monday, Monday rolled around and Monday, the, 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 the 20th of February. And that was a week. And I can't remember the last time I hadn't had a drink for a week. And then the 28th of February came around or the, yeah, whatever the 20, the 27th of February. And that was two weeks. And God, I can't remember the last time I had two weeks without a drink. Mm-hmm. And then I got my month check and, and I probably had probably been, you know, 15 years since I'd gone a, a, a month without a drink, maybe yeah. longer than that. I don't even remember. I remember um, feeling like that, counting those days and those milestones. It's pretty amazing. It, it, it was weird. I, I kind of had this, this realization or, or kind of early on, I found that these people, you know, who oh, I've been sober for 30 years mm-hmm. or, you know, you have your birthday meeting where you celebrate birthdays and people are celebrating 20 years of sobriety. I couldn't wrap my head around that. But, but the guy who took the six month chip, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I didn't believe that at first, but the guy who took the one month chip, you know, I had two weeks, so he's got a month. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my outlook kind of expanded out and then I got the one month chip and suddenly the three month chip didn't look unreasonable. Yep. And then I got the three and the six month chip and, and one year didn't look weird. And then I got my one year chip and, you know, three and four years didn't look unreasonable. Right. right. And now, you know, I'm, you know, coming up five years sober and now the possibility of, you know, having 35 years sober. Sure. I mean, it's a long way out, but it doesn't, doesn't seem impossible. Right. Right. You know, cause my, 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 my horizon has expanded. Well, it sounds and, like your uh, experience in AA, the traditional AA was always a positive one. I mean, the, um, the daily reflections group, um, and that you were going to, and I know that they, you know, you, they talk about the steps in those daily reflections, but they talk about a lot about God, but what was it that eventually got you to start your agnostic meeting? Well, in those first couple months, you know, you know, I found a sponsor I started working through the steps. Um, you know, I memorized the third step prayer. Um, mm. You know, still didn't believe in this, but I was told to say it every morning. So oh I said it every morning. Wow. Um, but I was, and, and people said, don't worry about defining what your higher power is. Just mm-hmm. accept that you have one. Okay. And, and, and that was weird. Yep. If I didn't know what this higher power was, that just didn't make sense. Like, like right. I, I get that maybe I don't have to understand all of it and, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I have to kind of know what it is. Right. You couldn't so, really buy into it completely. I couldn't buy into it completely. So I, you know, I, I definitely knew that religion was out, Right. you know, the religious religion was out, but maybe I could put something together that made sense to me. See, I kind of did the um, same thing, too, because I, what I did, they told me to do all that stuff, to pray every day, and I did. I got on my knees and prayed every day. But I told myself, okay, there must be some psychological benefit to this. I was always trying to figure out some way to understand it, and I, and I did the fake it till you make it thing. So when I went to meetings, I always talked about God being me praying to God and God, 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 God. 
But to myself, I was always thinking there must be – I'm doing these things, but there must be some psychological benefit that I'm getting from yeah, it. I, I was always trying to reason I, it. Reason it. I, I was trying to, trying to figure it out. But, you know, I, I was trying to cobble together some kind of belief, um, you know, and I, I started Googling and reading and, um, you know, I found a book. Well, I, I kind of was trying to figure out this whole God thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Internet's a powerful tool. Sure. But I, I ran across some some things like uh christopher hitchens mm-hmm. and some of his debates with believers i ran into people like sam harris and, and daniel dennett and uh dan barker who's uh was an ex-priest and, and the and these and, and i ran across a book called the little book of atheist spirituality by a french philosopher um and all these things and, and reading these books, and I mean, they, they kind of led me to this conclusion that they were, they presented such an amazing, uh, you know, foolproof case right. to me that, that the entirety of the God thing was ridiculous. Yeah. It that made was my experience no too. Sense. I read some of those same books. That was exactly what happened to me. Although a much longer time frame, I was, you know, <laughs> for me, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, so I, I was really concerned mm-hmm. um, because I, w- I was, I had, you know, a couple of months and I was sufficiently clear to, to realize that all the God stuff that they wrote about in AA was silly. Um, but I was still sober and I was somehow, I, w- I remember, I, I remember the day that I was going to tell my sponsor that I, I, couldn't believe, didn't believe, um, didn't make any sense. And I was convinced he was going to fire me. I was convinced that, you know, as soon as, you know, we finished our meeting, my first stop was going to be the liquor store on the way home. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that I had absolutely no desire to go to the liquor store, I I, I thought that there was going to be some um, anti-miraculous, you know, yeah. for stop, you know, driving me right into the liquor store. That wasn't the case. You know, he laughed at me, you know, (laughs) in in the way that he still laughs at me Mm -hmm. and said, we'll talk about this later. He says, you know, just think about it as the universe, you know, the universe exists and there's stars and you can look up and Mm -hmm. it's bigger than you try that. And we'll talk about it later. And we still haven't had that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been, you know, that was, you know, four and a, whatever it is years ago. And then I did some Googling and, and I, I discovered some of the online forums. I remember there was a, so, there was a page called sober recovery. And then there was a bunch of people who um, were sober and who seemed to have really fulfilling lives and really happy lives. And they were very openly didn't believe in God. And that was the first time I had heard about that. Well, no, sorry. Then there was a guy in my home group, uh, David B, who, who, you know, had five or six years sober and Mm -hmm. he didn't believe and seemed pretty happy as well. But, but one's, one's an outlier, bulletin boards full of people all, all saying the same thing, uh, aren't outliers. And then, um, you know, onto Facebook and I, uh, 
found Don S's uh, page, Agnostics and Atheists in AA. And then from there, I met, uh, virtually, I met uh, Mark C. from Texas, who I think you did a a podcast mm-hmm. with a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And then from from him, he, he um, added me to several debate groups and whatever. And, <laughs> you know, my, my entire... And then you guys, and then and, and, and from meeting Mark C., uh-huh. um, you know, I, I kind of... I got plugged into this entire network of of of, of atheists, agnostics, Buddhists, um, all every all you guys who have, you know, a, a complete variety of secular. It's a views. pretty incredible network, isn't it? It really is. I mean, people like uh, you know John C from 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 Paris, uh-huh. who I was on the panel with in Austin. Yep. Um, you know you in Kansas city, right. uh, you know, I met Megan through that whole connection uh-huh. as well. So, you know, across Canada, the U S everywhere. It's just... It blows me away. I, I, I sometimes wonder if it's unique among us secularists to have this network or if other AA people have the same experience. Cause I've, I've never really experienced anything like this, but I do feel very, very connected to all these people through the websites, the Facebook groups and, of course, that. it's. I think, I think that there is. I mean, there are there are some some non secular AA Facebook groups and pages, mm-hmm. um, and, and they they have connections for people all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. and around the world. Um, my, my experience, having been on all of them, is um, the the groups kind of range from quite serious discussions about recovery and, and, and whatnot through to just people behaving badly. Yeah. And, and, um, with, with a heavy lean towards the people behaving badly part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my, my experience has been that the, the, the network and the pages which are run and frequented by the secularist by us, tend to lie much closer to the more serious side. And that's not to say that we don't sometimes post silly things and, oh, we do. and, and have and, a good laugh and, and at ourselves. we behave badly sometimes, too. Well, of course, but, but <laughs> I, I find that they... Yeah, we do. I do find that they lean more towards the serious yeah, side. Yeah, I agree. Um, than some I mean, the they're other actually... I think, it's, I think one thing that's different about it is... I mean, it seems like they're, that, they're, they're, that they're thinking... You know, we're part of something new and different, and we're creating meetings, and we're building. It's almost like I feel like we're building something. There's this sense that we're part of something really greater than ourselves. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I do think, you know, um, I'm I'm not a huge, huge student of AA history. Yeah. Um, I, I never, I mean knowing the basics, but I never really felt the need to explore, you know, massive quantities of the history. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of familiar with Jim Burwell and, mm-hmm. and, and, and some of the, you know, some of the, the, the secular members before us, but I think I get the feeling that right now we're kind of in that, the, a real, you know, explosion yeah. of, 
of 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 secular AA. I think so too. I really do. I think we're I think we're really at a unique time in uh, AA history, and it has to do with everything that we're talking about. How we've all kind of come together online, and or kind of really organized ourselves um, online. And not only that, but we're starting we're starting to meet up in these conventions. You know, the, like we've had now our second international. We've got these yeah. regional ones. We're going to have one in Toronto next year. We already had one in Phoenix. So right, yeah, yeah. It's 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 amazing. It's it's really amazing. And and I think I I, I really think that the technology of the internet. Um, the widespread and the cheapness of it, mm-hmm. the fact that, you oh, know, yeah. essentially everybody is on the internet yeah. and, and it's so easy to, to, to spread the information, to, to have the discussions, to, to meet other like-minded or similarly minded people, yeah. you know, like yourself in, in, in Kansas and, yeah. you know, Mark in Texas and Doris and, you know, all, all the people. It's amazing when you Eric think about it, and, yeah. you know, because we're like what we're doing right now. We're recording, we're recording this podcast. We're going to post it out there, and people all over the world are going to be listening to this thing. And they and they um, they write every once in a while, and they'll say, "God, I I really like those podcasts. I've never heard somebody tell my story like that before." You know, um, there's a lot of people out there that don't have agnostic or atheist meetings, AA meetings, and and they feel alone. And these podcasts yeah. help them can help them connect with us and us connect with them. It's really amazing. Absolutely, it blows Absolutely. me away still. And, and I, I mean, I, I had that same thought um, when I was writing the article for for AA Beyond Belief. Yeah, you know, I, I had read I had written a first draft. Uh huh. Um, Megan and I were online, um, and had, were, were, were booting it back and forth to each other via Dropbox uh-huh. while she was living in Washington, DC. <laughs> I was here in Calgary. We were editing this uh-huh. to send it to someone who lives in Chicago <laughs> yeah. so that she could put it up on a website run by you in Kansas City. <laughs> Yeah. Which was started by a gentleman in Toronto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think we got the entire continent covered. It's kind of funny, you know. Yeah. And, and it's really amazing. Like, it's it, without is. without the internet and without that technology, this yeah. wouldn't couldn't happen. Because how 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 could we do that? So Richard, but going and, and back it's going to be read your... by a guy in go ahead in in Russia is going to read it. Oh yeah, yeah. Website, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just add another layer to it. Yeah, yeah. And then some guy from Paris read your article and <laughs> put you on a panel. Exactly. So it, it, amazing. So getting into all that, getting into this network, uh, this incredible network of um, us secularists and AA. So is that what kind of got you motivated to get this group going, the, the agnostic group going in Calgary? And are you the one that kind of got it going? Uh, no, I'm going to give total credit to Aaron for that. Okay. Um, I was, I had a, a regular Sunday night group that I would attend uh, called Southwest Serenity, which was fairly secular. A uh-huh. uh, bunch of Buddhists mm-hmm. uh, went, uh, including a, a gentleman by the name of Al B. Um, and Al and I became friends. Al's, Al's got 20 odd years sober. Um, Al, Al and I became friends. 
and kind of had kicked around the idea of starting a secular group. Uh, but Aaron uh, filled out a form on AA Agnostica looking for, you know, potential mm-hmm. matches yeah, I did that. in the region uh, and, and ran across a gentleman by the name of Rob O, okay. who, whose sponsor was Al. Oh. And, and uh, Rob and Aaron uh, met, and Rob was like, well, we should definitely invite Al. Uh, Al, Al's a Buddhist um, and uh, an atheistic Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we should invite Al to these meetings. And then Al said, well, there's another guy we should invite, and that's Richard. So I, we ended up meeting a couple of times, three times at a, a, a second cup coffee shop in, in Calgary, uh, just, just north of downtown, and uh, started putting together kind of the the structure and the idea for our, we agnostics group. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we definitely wanted it to be in a secular location. We definitely did not want to be in a church basement. Okay. Uh, and that was something that we felt fairly, fairly strongly about. Yeah. It is kind of uh, important in a way if you think about it, because a lot of people think that AA is religious simply because so many meetings take place in churches. Yeah. yeah. And, and we wanted it to be fairly central you know, accessible, uh, via transit very easily. Um, we definitely didn't want, uh, any, any, any prayers or the serenity prayer. Um, and we didn't really want to deal with the big book. You really almost, Uh, it's really difficult to deal with the big book in, in, in our meetings because the big book basically does try to convert us. I'm not saying there's no value to the big book. There's some value to it, but boy, it's hard for our types of meetings to use it. Yeah. So, and, and at this point, at this point, the whole kerfuffle in Toronto mm-hmm. was, was kind of going on, mm-hmm. um, had gone on. So we were able to, 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 to learn from them. And I mean, yeah. a lot of their, a lot of their, um, issues uh, at least from my understanding have to do with reading um altered versions mm-hmm. of the steps mm-hmm. and we decided that it wasn't worth it right to to do that right. so we we didn't we 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 went with living sober which uh-huh. is very very handy practical book yep um and that's how we that's how we kind of cobbled together this idea that's interesting. You did the same thing. That's what John C. in Paris did. They he he used Living Sober. Although later his group started using that, or one of the groups in Paris started using alternative steps. But his group that he really liked the Living Sober meetings. He liked that one. So and and, and the the other thing that we 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 decided we 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 decided to to do, and we were we we specifically brought this up was we wanted to be on the liberal side. In applying singleness of purpose, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. we 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 understood that this was still an AA meeting, right? But we weren't going to read that terrible disclaimer. Oh yeah, your discussion with the problems that's the with stupidest alcohol. thing they ever came up with. And there were some people in Kansas City that really went overboard with that. Some groups. Yeah. So how do you feel about what's your how do you how do you see the singleness of purpose thing? How do you view that? What's your view? Um, I want to. I want to help people. I right. want to help people get clean slash sober. Right. Um, 
I, I definitely fall in the alcohol to drug. Let's not let's yeah. not kid ourselves here. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I understand, though, at the same time that it's difficult for me to understand some of the problems that, say, somebody who did a lot of crystal meth did. Um, so let's 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 be real liberal about it. Let's not shut people down if they start talking about their right. use of crystal meth or cocaine or whatever, right. um, because it's all the same thing, but, but let's at least keep it going mostly in the right direction of the alcohol discussion. The way that, I that's see how it, I, I, I'm like that. The way I see it. Okay. The, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. So for sure, I don't care what other problems a person has. They can talk about any problem they want to, as long as they have a desire to stop drinking. Of and, course. And I have yet to meet a drug addict in AA who's drinking and, and says it's okay for them to drink. I mean, cause a drug alcohol is a drug, you know? Yeah. So if they're going to be clean, they're gonna, they also have a desire to stop drinking, even though dr- alcohol might not have been their primary drug of choice. And, and the other point is it, it's real hard to meet somebody who tells a drug story that doesn't, also feature copious amounts of vodka or exactly. or, or what exactly. or, or beer they or almost whatever. Always, almost always do. They almost go hand in hand all the time. Not maybe not yeah. all the time, but a lot of the time. And besides yeah. too, when you get down to it, we don't really talk about our using that much in meetings, really. I mean what we really no. talking about is what we're doing to stay sober and what clean and, and and how and how we felt and what those feelings were that yeah. caused us to to use and drink. Yeah. So see, I feel so, the yeah. same way because it's like there's a group here in Kansas City. I'm not going to name them, but they know who they are. They made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they went through this 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 um, thing about reading that that card, and it it put like a chilling effect on their meetings where people were afraid to say any damn thing if it didn't relate to alcoholism. And then some of the people were interpreting the third tradition by taking the long form of it and saying that to be a member of AA, you must suffer from alcoholism, not just have a desire to stop drinking. Is well, it, is it, isn't the third tradition the only one that has the long form is less words than the short form? It's a lot. What is the, well, what is the, lo- the, the long, long form? The, of- the long form, I, I got my book, I should, but it's okay. The, the, the third tradition simply says the only requirement for membership requirement is, for membership is right, the desire period. to stop drinking. But then it goes into this long version where it says, um, our membership we, is for all who have suffered from alcoholism. Let me go get a copy. Let me go get the book. I'll be right back. So you found it. Yeah. Okay. Read it. Our, our, our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. We may refuse none who wish to recover, nor ought AA membership ever depend on money or conformity. Yeah. Any two or three gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, so, provided they have no other affiliation. So people, the, what this group was doing, they were taking that, that stupid long form, and they were, I think, misinterpreting it. Now they're they're defining, they're saying that that having a desire to stop drinking doesn't mean you're an alcoholic, basically. And I think that's crazy. I mean, the so anyway, so this group did they they did this and they scared people away. We got some people started coming to our group because of it, and right. and um, now that group they had to shut down a bunch of meetings. They decided to open their meetings and stop reading that card. So hopefully, maybe they'll start bouncing back. But anyway, I kind of digressed and took you off your topic a little bit. No, 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 no. I I think it's a I think it's an important topic. Yeah. 
um, you know, in, in the, what, two or three years that, that we agnostics Calgary has been around, we've never had to shut down anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, well, there's these people who have about talked- it, people don't know when they come into AA, all they know is they got a freaking problem. They don't know if they're an alcoholic. They don't know if, you know, and, and the, the verbiage that we use, if we ask somebody, do you have a desire to stop drinking? Well, that's a weird way to say something. I mean, I didn't want to stop drinking. I would have loved to have, can you, you know, to, 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 you know? so I might have answered that. I, I was like in this situation where, fuck, I, I would really love to drink, <laughs> you know, but, you know, so I don't know. So yeah. That, you know, cause you know, desire to stop drinking. It just sounds like you're almost a- asking the person to make a pledge or something. Cause I've, I've been guilty of this. What happened? Somebody came to me and they says, you're, you guys are not a real talking about my group. Are you a real AA group? I said, of course we are. Well, I hear that you have, um, drug addicts at your meetings, people who aren't alcoholics. So I said, I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't, we don't have anybody like that. Um, so anyway, I started getting nervous that people were thinking that, that we were ha- doing weird stuff at our meetings. So anyway, I'm at this meeting, yeah. I'm at this meeting and this guy introduces himself for the first time and he's, and he says he has this problem with eating and stuff like this. Right. <laughs> so I like, I go to him, I say, well, you know, this is Amy, and you have to have a desire to stop drinking. Do you have a desire to stop drinking? And he's like, well, oh, you know, he didn't really, he didn't know. But it turns out the guy did. The guy does have a problem with drinking. He just didn't yeah. know how to verbalize it at his very first meeting. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? know? And I'm sitting there it's, quizzing the guy. You know? Yeah. You know, he asked me, he said, do you want doing, me to leave? I said, no, this, I don't want you to leave. You're doing this, you're doing it, you know, with the best of intentions, but... You, you know, I, I see it as, do you have a desire to stop drinking? That's it's, like a it, it's almost like an, it's an outdated language. It is it's, outdated language. And, 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 you know, you see this throughout the book with the, the big book and, and living sober is, is a wonderful example of, you know, book written, um, you know, in, in the past and the, the prose is fabulous. But yeah. it's sure not how we would talk today. You yeah. know, the language has changed, and yeah. it's 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 interesting. You know, you know, do you have a desire to not drink? Yeah. Do you want to not drink? You know, it, it's the language is. Yeah, it was uh, the language that they used. Um, it's almost it is kind of like it is. It's a weird. It is a weird way to put. It. I guess you'd say. Um, you know, if I was just talking to somebody, say, so, so you so you think you have a problem with drinking? You know, <laughs> you, yeah. think you think you might yeah. have a problem with drinking? You know, so yeah, you, I think, you, I think might. you might drink a little too much. Yeah. I th- and they say, my, yeah, I think I might. And they say, I just need to, you know, a lot of people just need to find out if they do or not. I don't know. Anyway. So but, but yeah, talk, talking, talking cliches. I mean, the, 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 the another one that, that I, I, and I don't generally like them, but, but they occasionally have little pearls of wisdom in them. Um, you know, and, and the one you hear, if you think you got a problem with drinking, you probably do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, uh, I, I don't know. It kind of strikes me as that's probably true. I think so. It's like um, hardly anybody makes it to an AA meeting by mistake, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like... That's you know, true. You know, I I, I remember, um, that, you know, people would sit around and they'd wonder, am I an alcoholic or not? Am I an alcoholic? Well, I'll tell you what. People who don't have a problem don't have to sit around and wonder if they do, you know? So, no, no, yeah, no, If you no, think you might much. have a problem, you probably do. I don't know. Yeah. 
you know, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I sure don't see my my mom, my dad, and my sister worrying about whether they got a problem with alcohol. No, and they're not going to accidentally find themselves at an AA meeting. You know? No, like, like, oh, shoot, that was a mom, big mistake. I don't really belong here. The only reason my mom and dad are going to find themselves at an AA meeting is probably because I'm, you know, taking a year medallion and they happen, right. to, be, they happen to be wherever I am. Right. And right. they're going to go and see me do it. That, right. That's the only reason my parents are ever going to make it to one. Right. So, very so. interesting. So, got, so you guys decide you weren't going to make a big thing out of that too, which was smart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we started it up. We announced it at a, you know, new AA meeting called We Agnostics. Uh, meets on Monday night at 8.30 um, at the Sheldon Schumer Center, mm-hmm. which is a, a medical center here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And, you know, four or five of us, and uh, we're, we're up now to kind of a 15-ish, 10 to 15, mm-hmm. 15 to 20, somewhere in there, generally speaking. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. That's I like yeah. that size of meeting. That's about what we do, too. Most of our meetings, we have usually about 15 people. It's like, and yeah. it fluctuates sometimes. You might get up to 20 sometimes, but, you know. I like that size of a group, but 10 or 15 people, I think it's about right. Absolutely. You got, um, you know, you have three or four, you know, who have, you know, uh, 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 several years. And then you've got a couple of people that are kind of moving along with, you know, into solid three, four, five, six months. And then you get a, a couple of new people or a couple of people that are visiting or, or whatnot who, who come by. And that tends to be how our, our breakup, our breakdown yeah. goes. And do you still read from Living Sober? Is that your main thing? Is that how you do your meetings? Absolutely. Uh, our meetings are Living Sober. So we we read uh, a chapter from Living Sober mm. every week. And we just rotate one through 32 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, there is one that we tend to break in half, which is Getting Active. It's mm-hmm. seven or eight because it's a fairly chunky read. And, and we mm-hmm. break it up, Getting Active in AA one week and then getting active outside of AA Mm -hmm. the next week. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we also, we rotate through the steps Mm. one through 12. And uh, we specifically say uh, for members to discuss how they worked that particular step Mm -hmm. uh, in accordance with their beliefs. Right. So how do you do that? Does, do you read from anything or do you just have people to share? No, we, we, we write the, 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 whatever the step is on the board, mm-hmm. you know, and then that is one of the topics of conversation if you want to or not. So huh. whatever chapter in Living Sober and then, and for members to share how they dealt with that particular step in accordance with their beliefs. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, that, that, that's maybe a little bit more focused from, you know, some of us who have a little bit more time who have worked through the steps in yeah. some form. Whereas, you know, somebody who's, you know, got two months over probably isn't going to have a whole great deal to say about step three. Right. True. But, you know, but, but some of us who have a couple years or, you know, maybe eight or nine months who have worked through the steps in some form, um, can maybe provide a little bit of insight. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe not scare somebody away. Yeah. Uh, when they see some of these steps with the word God in them. Yeah, it is real helpful because people, you know, they, they want the, if they're a non believer, they want to somehow figure out how to do that step 
with while not giving up their own belief system and they don't know how right. to, they don't know how to interpret it i mean it's hard you know when you first see it i like the way yeah. you guys do your meetings though and it's uh we 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 do step meetings like once a month and i think we talk about the steps pretty regularly but most of our re- meetings are taken from some reading like from Josie's book or from a book called a walk in dry places we always try to find some type of secular reading what's 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 that book a walk in dry places a walk places? in dry places what it is, it's I'm not a, familiar. It's like a daily reflections book, and it's mostly secular. It's produced by um, Hazelden. It's produced by Hazelden. Okay. And they sell it at our central office. And there are a few God readings in there, but we just cross out the God, the God part. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest. I've not heard of that book. Yeah. It's I'll, okay. I'll have a look on Amazon, see if I'll pick up a copy or something. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of getting burned out on the the on meetings that talk about readings. I mean, I'm starting to think, you know, I like the, you know, just write something on the board like that, write the step on the board and talk about it. You know, that's yeah. that's so much of, I think, the best of AA just comes from our own personal experiences rather than something that we read. But anyway, but yeah, we do read, we mix it up a little bit. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I do like, you know, the, the discussions are important. I think they really are. I do like, I, I do like, you know, it gives a sense of legitimacy that we are doing some readings from a conference approved piece of yeah. literature. Yeah. Is that which, important where you are? Cause it's not the, I mean, arts like our central office, it's not such a big deal. Um, at what we I, read. I get, I get the feeling it is. Yeah. You know, I get the feeling, um, the, the Matthew, uh, who's a gentleman who works in central office, um, kind of implied to us that, um, it's pretty important that you don't go altering the steps. Right. <laughs> pretty sensitive about that in Canada, aren't they? <laughs> Actually, they're pretty sensitive about. I was just kind of making a joke because I know that the big problem in Vancouver and big problem in Toronto with altering yeah. the steps. Yeah, so they so didn't want to see something a, like that in Calgary. Yeah, um, you know, and maybe we. I'm trying to remember back, you know, three years here in conversations that I that I was either casually involved in or kind of hearing secondhand and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but. Um, whether, whether we were specifically told to, to, you know, read conference approved literature, um, or told to not change the steps, I'm a little fuzzy on, uh, but we, we definitely decided that, you know, we were going to read from living sober, which is conference approved, which, you know, gives it, you know, and you have a nice secular meeting. Yeah, and it, and it is you know, it is a secular book. Yeah, and you and yeah, that's great. And I'm sure that you're fighting people get to your meeting that are looking for a secular meeting. You know, and you're Absolutely. helping those people. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it is it is a great book with mm-hmm. great practical day to day tips that some of us. I, I think that a lot of people who have managed to, to again, I'm going to say people that have managed to put together some time in mm-hmm. recovery, you know, whether we have read Living Sober or not, yeah. we've kind of done some of those things. Sure. 
you know, they, they talk about changing your evening routine, mm -hmm. you know, getting fit and active. It seems like a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, a year or two sober, suddenly they want to get fit. Yep. Did you know? So we, yep. we do a lot of those things because they seem to kind of work and we kind yep. of stumble around in the dark until we find them. Yeah. You know, and, and then right. reading them in a, reading them in a book, they've kind of formalizes some of that yep. stuff that we're like, oh yeah, that, I yep. did that. So it's been a nice conversation, Richard. Um, I need to have you back sometime because I want to talk to you about, you know, this is always a big fun topic for us is the spirituality, not spirituality thing. We probably don't have time to get into that now, but we'll do, we'll talk, we'll have you back sometime to talk about that. My, I, I would love to. Yeah. I'm like, um, my, my whole thing on it is I, I'm not really that passionate about it one way or the other. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not quote spiritual myself, but I see some value in the language, but anyway, it's always an interesting topic. Yeah. For us yeah and I, 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 I certainly don't, identify as a spiritual in any sense yeah. um, it, because I, I don't, it, it implies unseen things, which, you know, I, I don't see. And, and it also, it, it, it muddies the, that's the, the thing. The language it, is so muddy. Yes. That nobody knows what the hell they mean. That's the dangerous part of it. Is it, it's, it's not real clear. It doesn't work. It, it totally doesn't work. I think. And, interpersonal communication to speak that way and use that language. I think it might work okay in a book, like if you kind of read it as poetry and you use it as metaphor perhaps, but just, but you then know. you, then you have to spend the first half of the book explaining what the hell you mean <laughs> so that you can understand. That's the, true. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the language Yeah, and you know, well, so. I'm going to have to have you back sometime. We'll talk about that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we'll set something like that up maybe for the new year or something. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, I've enjoyed Perfect. the conversation. It's been, it's been a blast. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this. No problem at all, John. Thanks so much for inviting me. And it was great to meet you in 3D in Austin. Yeah. And maybe if I meet you again, I'm going to be in Toronto in, um, when is it? This For this one in 2017. I hope you can be there for that because I'm going to be there. Oh, next year. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm planning to go to the one in 2018. Okay. I'll see um, that one too. I, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually also thinking, um, about doing a workshop at that one. Oh, fun. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. Cool. About, about actually about social media. Oh, awesome. That'd be really good. Because be I good. really enjoyed Joe C's workshop living cyber. Oh yeah. He did a really good job at, with that. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to, you know, I'm sorry the, I didn't talk to those guys from St. Louis from the Since Right Now Network. I wish I would have talked to them. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I chatted with a, I chatted with what, what was his the gentleman's name? I don't yeah. remember. I, I talked to him. He was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there was some other guy but, there who had a cowboy hat on. He started talking to me later. He had like he had like a podcast and a website at one time that was I, pretty popular. Oh yeah, what was his name? I go. He gave me his card. I see him. I'm gonna look it up sometime. I might, I might contact that guy. Yeah. No. 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 I, I know exactly who you're talking about, and he was really interesting too. Yeah. But that, was fun. Uh, that I I really enjoyed that workshop. Yeah, I did too. And uh, I, I wanted to, you know, maybe expand on that uh -huh. to, you know, social media. Yeah. Because I I think that it's it's not going away. No. You know, it's and not. whether it's a huge whether, powerful whether tool. It, whether it's Reddit or, you know, some of the Facebook groups and the, the loft page and stuff like that. I yep. think that there's, there's a, there's a workshop in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, and, uh, I, I, 
I, I know it's two years away, but I, I kind of came away feeling like that would be something fun to do. All right, my friend. Well, we will post this. Um, actually, believe it or not, this coming Wednesday. <laughs> oh, geez. So, yeah. like, two days from now. So, you, you've yeah. got your work cut out editing. Yeah, yeah what I is do. this? An, an, uh, nearly an hour and a half down to, <laughs> down well, to an some, hour. There's some parts where I got up from my chair and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. All right. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Well, that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. We'll be back next week to speak with Bob Kay, author of Key Players in AA History. That'll be a fun one. Until then, you all take care and be well.